Greetings, guys. It's Fancy, CEO of Swagger Magazine. And today on this episode of CEO Chatter, I have a special guest. Coach Rakia Proctor is with us. And I'm sorry, did I pronounce your name correctly? Yes, you did. A lot of people mess it up, but you said it perfect. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, great. Because I thought it was so cute. I, I love your name. So um, so today we're going to be discussing business plans and the essentials of business plans, like the essential parts of it, as well as just why are they so important? Um, we'll also touch a little bit on like how often should we be updating our business plans? So thank you for, you know, um, saying yes to the invitation today, Coach Rakia. And um, I always kind of let you all share a little bit about yourselves. But before we even do that, I ask you all to share the broadcast if you're tuned in and also let us know in the comments where you're watching from, because we'd love to know, you know, we just like to know where our people are at. So you all can share the broadcast. I'm going to take a quick second and share mine and then we'll hop back on and we'll go into the intro. Okay. And it would just be that my look today Facebook is not allowing me to share, but either way, it'll be okay. So thank you all for tuning in and thank you again, Coach Rakia, for being here with us. So tell, tell our audience a little bit about who you are for starters. Yes. So as of right now, I am a business coach, a serial entrepreneur. Um, I am someone who started off, I was a mom, I, I became a mom at 20 and I went right into corporate America because of course, that's what everyone tells you you're supposed to do is go just find a job and work your way up. And that's just how everyone is supposed to be successful. Um, I did that for a while um, to sustain, obviously, my lifestyle and my children. And then I slowly noticed that, you know, this just wasn't for me. I noticed that my talents and what I really love to do was really not being utilized well within the corporate realm. So I decided, you know what, I'm going to do something different. Um, it took a lot of nights where I could have been sleeping, <laughs> but I was planning and I was prepping myself and deciding what I really want to do, um, really sitting down with, okay, learn this, figure this out. I tell people a lot of times that everything that I teach people is really things that I've gone through myself. Um, everything is self-taught. Um, it's not that I went to someone and they gave me all these skills and now I'm teaching them to other people. No, I really sat down with these things and I figured them all out. Um, and it just, it got me to this point of saying, you know what, I have all this information. There's really no reason for me to gatekeep. <laughs> so how can I help, um, uplift others and build platforms for other people to see that they don't have to do what everyone else tells them to do. You can live through your passions. I love that. And now just also to be clear. So you had, um, you had a, a business prior to becoming a business coach. Is that correct? I mean, I know you were also in corporate America or I'm just trying to, I'm just curious about that when you were saying like how you learned those things. So you also had another business as well, or is this the same within the same business? No. So I've always had my, uh, my business coaching, even while I was working in corporate America, simply okay. because I all, it was something I always did. So I always found myself in those circles of other people would talk about a business and I'm like, hmm, what are you talking about? What is it that you're trying to do? Um, it's almost like my ears, they start burning and I'm like, okay, this is a conversation I'm supposed to be in. So I've always been that type of person. Um, and then when I decided that I wanted to actually make it a career, I still did it on top of working my corporate job because obviously I'm, I'm sure everyone understands, you know, yeah. when you, when you had that secure job, you're like, no, nah, I'm not, I'm not leaving this right now. <laughs> um, I can just do something else on the side. So I still did both. 
Um, and I've kind of always had that. Um, I did have a, I had a salon that I, I did have for four years um, in the Western suburbs. I had that for a while, just trying to figure out how to bridge that gap for beauty, um, beauty professionals in the business realm. Um, that went well for a while, but then it just, like I always tell people, like we're going to talk about with the business plans, you have to make sure everything still aligns well, like with, with what you want things to do and then what is actually happening. And if they don't align anymore, maybe it's time to transition. So it was just a little bit of a transition period with that one, but the coaching is still, still full blown. And then I have some other, some other stuff that, that I manage and I own on the back end, but Oh, gotcha. I was just curious um, because I also had noticed that you said you were a serial preneur. So I was like, okay, well, what other businesses does she have? Got you. So um, I'm just also curious, how would you describe your ideal client? My ideal client would be someone who really has a firm grasp in what they want to do and really has a firm grasp in what they're passionate about. So I under I completely understand that everyone doesn't necessarily understand the path to get to where they want to go. Mm -hmm. But I'm really big on when you come and sit down with me, you at least know what you're passionate about. You at least know the things that make that literally make you burn inside that say, this is what I love. This is what I could do for the rest of my life, whether no one pays me, regardless, this is what I love to do. If you have that we can work with it. Um, and so for me, a lot of times I'm dealing with people that are trying to establish the framework. They're trying to say, you know what, maybe I have one location, but I'm trying to get to three or four. How do I do that? How do I, um, how do I expand the brand? How do I get it out to this different outlet? Or how do I get a different market to understand my value? Things like that. But for me, my ideal client is someone who really comes in with that passion. Um, I'm not afraid to tell people if it doesn't align. If, if you know, you're looking for a business coach, and I tell people all the time, every business coach is not for everybody. Yeah. And that's just facts. But if what you're looking for is someone that's just going to constantly tell you, hey, I make a million dollars every single day. I can show you how to do it in a week. Then I'm not the coach for you. And I have no problem telling you that I'm not the coach for you. But if you are someone that you know what you want to do, you know what you're passionate about, and you really want someone that's going to give you the tools and the strategies that you can use on a daily basis within your business, then you are my client. I, I, I definitely work with people on giving you the actual, not what everyone's going to frill you with on social media or tell you is going to work even though every system doesn't work for everybody, no, I'm going to get right into what you actually do and figure out those systems for you. Gotcha. So um, now let's get into the business plan because I'm certain that's why many of you all are here. Um, also, before we do that, I just want to acknowledge some of the comments that we've had. So, hey, Swagger fam, thank you, Facebook user. Uh, greetings, Aaron Pitt, who said good afternoon, ladies. And Clarissa Newberry Lane said hello, ladies. So I just want to make sure we also speak to those people. Thank you all for hello. tuning in. And <laughs> now um, about the business plan. So what, what makes the business plan so important? So I will say for me, when I decided to make a business plan, my, the very first one that I ever made, I made it while I was still working my corporate job. And before I officially said, I want to actually incorporate a business of my own. 
for me, when I created it, it was a way for me to organize my ideas. So I'm really big on organization. Um, my, my kids think I'm a little, little OCD because I love things to be organized. You know, those TikToks where everything's organized. I will watch them for days. I'm not ashamed. But <laughs> I feel like a business plan is really good for getting everything aligned. Now, if you want to give it to a bank and you want to give it to an investor, yes, there's a way to do it that way. But I feel like business plans, they help you to really understand what it is you want your brand to do. Because a lot of times people will say, I know what I sell. And then I'll say, okay, but what's the brand? What, what exactly is the brand? What, what does the brand want to do? Who is it trying to reach? What gaps does it fill in the market? When you ask all those questions, if you really look at a really um, a thoroughly planned out business plan that really has all the meat and potatoes it's supposed to have in it, it answers every single one of those questions. There is never a doubt in your mind as to what that brand is, what it stands for, um, where did it come from? What is it doing now? Where is it going? What are the projections? All of that. It's in your business plan. So I always encourage people to, number one, do one just to really get everything together. I get so mm -hmm. many people that are like, I don't I don't know. I'm all over the place. I, I, I kind of know this and I kind of know that. Then write a business plan. No one says it has to it has to look a certain way if you're the only one looking at it. Right. No one says that. But each one of the sections in your business plan goes over a different thing. And once you just take one, take one chunk at a time and say, okay, whether it's, let's just say the products and, and services section, if you take that one and you say, okay, these are the products that I sell. If you have tangible products, if there's something like, let's say skincare, what are the ingredients in them? What are, what are the benefits to them? It really forces you to sit down and analyze what you have, which mm -hmm. I don't see how that would be detrimental in any parts of your business. If you're selling now, you really understand your product. Now people will trust you because you're able to really talk about the ingredients in your product. You're able to talk about the benefits it has to people. So I always tell people it's really good to do those business plans because it, it really helps you to organize everything. And that's what I did in the, when I first did one. And um, now, would you say that there's a certain uh, stage where the plan needs to be written? Because, I mean, I've heard that, you know, it can be written at any point. Of course, you think ideally that it, you might want to do it at the beginning. But I know that sometimes things don't always work out that way. So for those who might be wondering about that, like, oh, am I past that stage? How What would you say to those people? I would say that there's really never there's never a bad time to do one. Let's say you've been in business for 15 years and you've never written one. You can still write one. It's nothing wrong with that. It all aligns with what are you using it for? So if you if you know that you're going to want to have investors, if you know that you are going to want to take your your um, your ideas to a bank and try to get a loan, if you know you're going to want to do that. Yes, I encourage you to get a business plan together simply because you can go and talk as much as you want to talk to a bank or an investor. And nowadays with the bank, it's a system that they put your information in and it it puts you something out that says either approve or deny. But if you're going to um, investors and you're saying, hey, I really want you to invest in what I have going on. They are want to go. They're going to want to know what it is that you do. And again, you can talk as much as you want to talk, but to give them something, whether you print it out, whether you have it uh, digitally and you send them something, they want to see what you want to do with your brand. 
Now, if you're on the other side of that, where you don't necessarily want investors, you're not looking to get any loans, and you're someone who is trying to identify your brand, or you're trying to get some more clarity for your business, again, you could be in the beginning stages where you, you haven't done anything at all, or you could be in that stage of, hey, I've been doing this maybe like five or six years, and I just want to really establish myself more in the industry, then yes, write a business plan. Because like I said, it really just makes you organize everything out and really understand everything you've got going on. So there's really, there's no bad time to do one. Um, again, it just depends on what you need it for. Right. And I see Aaron said, I agree. The business plan is key to moving from brain to paper. Yeah, Absolutely. I agree to Aaron. And also Lady Tiffany Nicole, um, I see that that is you. There was, um, this wasn't one of my original questions, but I remember being at this event and um, someone explaining that like business, not the business plan is dead, but they're like shorter business plans. So Lady Tiffany Nicole, if you're still watching, can you drop that um, name that 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 woman told us of the plans? And I'll ask you about that in just a minute if she's still on. But now, um, so what all should be included in the plan? You mentioned um, like if you were a beauty business and you do like the ingredients, but if you were to break it down into sections, I mean, because there are sections, of course, would you be able to list those out for us? Yes, I can. So there's a number of different sections and I always say you don't necessarily do them in order. So typically when you have a business plan, if you're giving it to someone, you have the executive summary, which is the first, it's the first part, but I always say do it last because just like some people may not want to think back on when they were in high school and they had to write papers and teachers always talked about an outline and they always talk about an intro and the intro gives you little pieces of what you're going to get throughout the paper. Um, my English teacher from high school would be very proud that I still do outlines the way that she taught me, <laughs> but your executive summary really kind of outlines everything else in the business plan. So it really kind of gives you bits and pieces. If you're just doing it for yourself, you may not necessarily need an executive summary because you can just go to each section and kind of go through it, right? Mm -hmm. um, the second section you're going to have is your description. You're, and again, each one of these sections, I name them things different. Everyone else can name them other things. I know there are a lot of different companies that will label them differently, but the, the sections are, are the same. Your description is really going to go through who you are as an owner. Like you started this business. What is this? Like, what is it to you? Why do you, why did you start this business? Like, what are your credentials to owning this business? Um, you see a lot of times um, with like, if someone owns a daycare, the person that owns a daycare or who's writing this plan is someone who's been in education for a while. Maybe they got some certifications. Maybe they went to school for a certain thing or, you know, they had a, a few jobs that, OK, I have some tenure here and this is what qualifies me to do this. Um, just kind of overall description of what this business or what this brand is, what industry it's in. Um, mm -hmm. Just kind of an overall thing. Right. Then you have your products and services. So now, now you're going to go through and explain what it is your brand actually delivers to your market. You could be a brand that has something tangible and something that's non-tangible, or you could have one or the other. But you want to be able to explain, this is what I give to people what or give to companies if you're like a business-to-business -business type of organization. Um, you want to be able to explain it thoroughly. Again, if it's something like if it's something like food, 
what type of food do you have a specialty if it's um if it's a skincare product is it vegan is it um something that's for people that are hypoallergenic like what exactly is the description of your product or your service if you do have a service what exactly does is your service if you have multiple levels of your service how how, how would you describe them um are there certain services that fit um, towards groups of people? Are there certain services that only fit to individuals? If you're a personal trainer, do you do videos and then you do one-on-ones with people? Do you do classes? Explain what it is you really do. And this is why I was talking about it helps you organize because now you've thought through all the different parts of your business. Then you have your marketing plan. This is where I really, I, I strongly advise people to do your research and figure out the best way for you simply because when it comes to marketing, it's not cookie cutter for every industry, certain industries, you will find that with marketing, it's better to do it this way because for that industry, that's what works. But with your marketing plan, you really have to be able to identify how are you going to market? How are you going to get people to understand what your brand is and what you offer people? And in that marketing plan, you want to be able to explain this is my strategy. Maybe over the course of the first six months while the business, if you're doing it in the beginning, over the first six months, we're going to utilize um, actually talking to people, going to uh, vendor shows and things like that. Six months later, we're going to transition into social media marketing. And then maybe after a couple of years, we're going to be, we're going to have, um, we're going to do sponsorships for other events that are going on within our neighborhood or in our community. Be able to explain what your marketing plan looks like and be able to make it realistic. Like if it doesn't make sense for you to sponsor $10,000 a month for some for a big um, event that goes on every year, don't say that's what you're going to do in the first six months of your of opening your business if you don't have the funding for it. Right. Um, And then your implementation strategy. Now, your implementation strategy is really how exactly your organization is ran. So sometimes it looks a little more complicated if you're a bigger company. So that section may look a little bit more um, detailed if your plan spans a long, a long time. So typically when I write business plans, I like to, my sweet spot is about five years. So I like to plan out a five-year plan. Um, typically, if you have an organization and you're, you're thinking of growing, over a span of five years, you more than likely are going to have different levels of management. So let's say you have some supervisors, you have some frontline workers, maybe you have a social media manager, and then you have um, somebody that handles all of the paperwork and admin, something like that. Your implementation strategy is really going to explain how do things flow? Who handles decision making on a day to day basis? How exactly does that look from a customer standpoint? If I now buy something from you, how many hands does that touch before it now gets to me? What does that cycle look like throughout your brand? And then you're going to have the the really detailed part that a lot of people really don't like touching. And that's going to be your financial statements. So your financial statements are going to be like your profit and loss sheet. It's going to be your balance sheet, um, your sales forecast. I know with the ones that I do, I probably have probably anywhere between like 15 to 20 different Uh, tables that I use um, to break down costs. Um, So that could be breaking down personnel costs. So how much does each um, employee make over time? And then I break all that down. Um, How much, what do sales look like for the first year, month to month? And then every year thereafter, breaking that up. Um, 
the financial statements, I would say, are extremely important, especially for investors, because they want to know, hey, if I give you, let's say, $100,000, how exactly are you going to use, mm -hmm. excuse me, $100,000? And with your financial statements, you should be able to show them, hey, this is the month that you gave me the funds. And then every month, this is how it gets allocated. Or if it's a loan, they want to see, I gave you this amount in this month. And then every month thereafter, or however you're paying it back, maybe they gave you a little bit of a grace period. Now I can actually see in your, um, in your statements that you were paying that back with interest and that gets deducted. And then maybe you still have profit left over. You're still able to maintain your business after paying this loan back. So it's not like I'm going to give you money and I have no idea where it's going to go. They want to see that. Financial statements are also good if you're not giving this to anyone, because for yourself personally, I think a lot of people nowadays, especially have to be more realistic on how much money it's really going to cost for whatever it is you're trying to do. Mm -hmm. um, it, it hurts my heart so much when I see people that really have a passion for doing something, but they jump in without really figuring out all the financial things that that they need to understand before they jump in and now they're drowning. And it's like, wait, had you started in the beginning and just figured out those financials and maybe outlined a few things, you would understand what it takes to make that next step. So before you take that step, you maybe make sure that you have the funds to do it before you make that step. So the financial part is it, it can get really detailed. Um, sometimes I advise people if you're not comfortable with handling financial stuff, definitely get an accountant to go over to go over it with you. If you're someone who's been in business for a long time and you have to go back through records, maybe you have everything on paper, nothing's digital, and you're going to have to sit there and scan through things. If you want to take the time to do it, by all means do so. But if you know that numbers are just not your forefront, you know, you have people that are English or math. <laughs> if you know that you're not that math person, do not stress yourself out and try to figure it out yourself. Definitely try to get someone in there that can help you do it. Um, and then the last section, which I always add because I don't know how to think small. Um, you don't have to add it, but I always say future plans. So I always added the back end um, things like, you know, if I plan, if the, the brand itself, um, let's say, I'm trying to give an example. Let's say um, you're in the beauty industry and you do lashes right now but your future plans may include you know i would love to one day own a studio where i teach people how how to put who I teach people how to teach um how to put lashes on you know mm -hmm. so if you have any plans that are much bigger than five years so you can't necessarily put them in the plan because the plan is set for a certain amount of time but if you've got grander plans i say it's really good to put it on paper just like people do vision boards, it's really yeah. good to put something down and see, hey, this is my goal. This is where I'm trying to go to. Say it out loud, you know, make those affirmations. So put the future plans on the back end so that you just know, hey, this is where I plan to go with this brand. This is what I plan to do with the business. Got it. <clears throat> so guys, just to recap those, um, the different parts of the business plan or the different sections that uh, Coach Brakia suggested is executive summary, description, product and services, marketing plan, implementation strategy, financial statements, and the last one was future plans, which she says is optional, but I do see, uh, you know, reason why people should do that, especially if you have bigger plans than what you're working on currently. So also I want to um, acknowledge that Aaron asked, 
Would you say an emergency exit section section is important in business plan? Example, like unexpected shifts, health, pandemics, etc. Do do you understand her question? I do. Um, when you're making your plan, I guess it would just depend on what you're using the plan for. Because if you if you're making this plan to give to an investor, they don't want to see that. Hey, I'm looking at this as you know, six months in, if, if I can't handle my finances or something goes wrong in the market, I'm just going to bail out. And this is how I'm going to bail out. They don't want to see that that negative, you know, negative thing is put on there. However, if you're doing this for yourself, I will always suggest an understanding how to pivot, understanding how to read what's going on in your market, read what's going on in your industry, read what's going on in your neighborhood where your, your you know, your customer base is mm-hmm. and understanding how to pivot. I will never be someone that will tell someone to just completely abandon ship when it comes to whatever your business is. Um, so so I, I guess I, I don't want to look at it like an exit strategy because I sometimes feel like when you say an exit strategy, you're saying, you know what, I wanted to do this. Now, no, I'm just done. I, I don't like it. It's not working out how I want it to work out. I'm just going to give up. So I wouldn't really call it an exit strategy. I would just say it's kind of hard because it, it really just depends on what the situation is. Because like, if you look at um, with the pandemic, obviously no one expected <laughs> to be shut down. No one expected any of those things, but a lot of businesses had to transition. Um, a lot of businesses had to understand how to do everything online. <laughs> they had to understand, Hey, you're going to have to do delivery. If you only had a restaurant that you, you only had people coming in. Now you're going to have to actually take food to them. So it is important to understand how you're going to shift, but shifts are based on the situation. You can't really just say, hey, I'm going to shift this way based on unknown because you don't know. You don't know what's going to happen. If let's say you live in an, in a um, let's say you live in like Florida, where there's, as you noticed, all these hurricanes um, that keep happening. Those types of things, yes, you could probably come up with something to kind of plan for those because you just kind of know those are going to happen. But for unexpected things, it's really kind of hard to put that in a three or five year plan that this is what I'm going to do for something that I don't know the complexities of, if that makes sense. I think that makes a lot of sense. But one thing that kind of came to mind, just me thinking, um, in, in, in case like what if someone were to have a known health condition, you know, like, um, should we incorporate something into the plan, especially like if you're dealing with investors, should we? you know, mention something about that within the plan and just um, should we have to be out, you know, does that make sense? Yes. So I would say a situation where um, let's say you're someone who you own the business, but let's say you're undergoing treatments and you know that every three to four months you're going to be down for about a month because you have something going on, whatever the case may be. Right. I would say that's more in your implementation strategy. Okay. Because that's how the business is ran. So typically, if you're someone that owns a business and you know, hey, I want my business to keep running during that month, you typically will have either a manager or a supervisor or somebody that's underneath you that now handles things while you can. So in your implementation strategy, you would be able to explain like these are the different levels of management or these are the different levels of my organization. This is how everyone handles things in like every quarter 
my manager has to, you know, in different terms, but my manager has to step up and take on certain slack or has to take on certain responsibilities in my absence. You can disclose that information if you want to. I always feel like it's very good with investors um, or anyone that's coming into your business to be very transparent so that nothing is a surprise. So if you wanting to disclose the information, you definitely can. But I would say more so in your implementation strategy is where you want to be able to explain this is who handles certain tasks while I can't. Got it. Okay. And so um, the question that I was going to ask you about earlier was the business model Canvas. Are you familiar with that? Am I familiar with Canvas? Uh, like business program. model canvas like um, we were just it was a networking event or something that we were at and uh, someone was saying that like you know you don't have to write a full business plan anymore they're now accepting business model canvas so I was wondering are you familiar with those I've never actually seen one um, I think it's more of something condensed or something um, but that's kind of that's just what I gathered from it so that's why I was asking about it I've never seen one um I will be completely honest with you that I have, as of late, I have seen a lot of people that are doing like a one page business plan mm -hmm. and they're expecting to give it to someone and ask that person then for $50,000 plus. As someone who would sit down and analyze something like that, if you are asking me for $50,000, you have to give me more than a piece of paper. I want a whole lot more details than a piece of paper. Now, again, if this is just for you and you are just giving some details, that's fine. If you just want to write something, if you want to jot some things down, maybe every month you want to sit down and you want to recap what your brand does and how exactly it works. And maybe some things have changed. And you just want to you just want to write it down for you. Mm. In those situations, yes. Use something that's a one pager. You can just quickly jot it down. Maybe put it on your wall so that you can see it every day. You know, hey, this is what I'm doing. This is what my plans are. However, if you're someone that is starting out or someone that is completely trying to pivot your brand, in my opinion, a one pager is not going to cut it because there's so much detail. Like all the, all the different sections that I just explained to you, mm -hmm. no one can tell me any industry that you can explain every single one of those sections in detail where I can get all the information I need about your brand specifically in one page. Gotcha. I highly doubt you can do it. If someone can, please show me something. But well, <laughs> I see, um, uh, cause it was, uh, my client lady, Tiffany, that I, I was asking about the thing. And I see, she said that business plans are outdated for startups and banks are looking more at model canvas. I just read up about it on Forbes. It's still fairly new. So I guess we'll see then. But yeah. I do understand, like, because all of what you described was, you know, that is very detailed. So it does take some time to get all of that together. And I, I know for me, I know I couldn't possibly do every, you know, write um, a business plan for my business within one page. It just it would be much longer than that. But um, but that makes a lot of sense. So how often do you think that one should revisit their business plan? In my opinion, I would say quarterly. So. I say it's a good idea to look at it quarterly because let's say you make it in in January. And again, whether you do it in full blown detail, like I, I did one um, for a gentleman um, a couple months ago, and it was probably it was probably about 20 pages long. Um, but we really went into detail. He had been in business for a while. So there were a lot of financials to go back from um, to account for what he was trying to do. And it was a lot that he was trying to do. But if you write all that out in January, 
I say it's a good idea to look at it in the next quarter, in the beginning of the next quarter, because now, in my opinion, it's good to see, okay, did I hit all the goals that I had set for myself? Mm -hmm. Which is why I'm really big on detailing it, because now I want to really be able to, you know, I guess, check myself and be able to say, hey, did I stick with what I told myself I was going to do? If I didn't, why? If I didn't hit my goal, what caused me to not hit that goal? Because now if I can identify where my shortcoming was or where I went above and beyond, now it kind of gives me a little more fuel for the next quarter. And then, you know, it kind of gives you the checks and balances. I always tell people when you're doing projects or whatever you're, you're doing in your business, it's always good to look at what you did to see if there was something you did great or see if there's something that you did wrong so that you can improve moving forward. So I would say every quarter is a good time to look back on it and just see, hey, are there some things I want to change? Um, maybe my goals have changed. Maybe um, my purpose has gotten bigger. Maybe there's um, a completely different side of the market that I'm trying to target now that's different from what I was trying to target before. Maybe there's some shifts in the industry that now I need to account for. Um, so I would say each quarter is a good time to, to go back and look at it. That makes sense. And also, um, just it kind of makes me think, when I think of a business plan, I think it helps to, you know, just one way of describing it is um, a way to track our growth, you know, and also, like you said, like to look back on things and reflect and see how far we've come or how far we, you know, maybe haven't come and what we need to improve on. So that um, is totally understandable. So are there any projects or anything that you would like to share before we close out with our audience? Yeah. So, um, well, my big project is still, Still, oh. <laughs> still, still, still in the still in the making. I've got something big coming uh, next summer. Um, really, really, really big. Um, but I'm getting all my details, getting getting everything, get, every, getting everything in order for that. Um, but I still I still have my coaching. Um, so I'm still right now. I have my clients that I do either monthly, I do a three month or six month program. Um, and I still have um, mm -hmm. clients for that. I have some people that have applied. I do have a, a free program that I offer simply because I tell people all the time that when it comes to coaching, I always know that everyone may be not in the position to pay for coaching. Cause I know a lot of times you have coaches out here that have programs that are like $10,000 for a coaching program, but you really want what they have to offer. So I do have a program where each, each session. So like my one month, obviously each session is one is one every month, my three month, each session is every quarter. Um, and each time I come around to a new session, I pick someone from my the free list that I have, of people that apply for the free program, and I do the whole coaching program for them for free. Um, for me, it's a way of giving back because I always tell people that I don't coach for me, although I love doing it. I literally could coach and talk about business all day, every day. Um, I genuinely do it because I want other businesses to grow. I want to see other people living through their purpose um, and living through their passions. So I, I, I always say I have to find a way to give back and, and find a way to give to people when I when I have something that they that they need. Got you. And I really like that. Um, I think that's a great idea. I'm always trying to figure out a way, you know, myself to be able to give back. I feel like the show was kind of a part of it, but I wish that there was something more that I could do. So I like how you have that concept 
um, in place. I think that that's really good. So, guys, if you all are looking to follow Coach Rakia, you all can visit her website at www.rakia, that's R-E-Q-U-I-A, Proctor, P-R-O-C-T-O-R.com, as well as she's on Instagram at Coach Rakia Proctor, which is word coach spelled out and her name r-e-q-u-i-a-p-r-o-c-t-o-r so <clears throat> thank you so much for kia for joining us um i think this conversation has been very helpful especially with as i was kind of mentioning when i was going live on instagram just kind of telling people about the show that you know with the new year approaching that you may want to be pulling out your business plans and revisiting them updating them you know and like we talked about looking at what's working what's not working you know what we may need to change and just how far we've come so i I greatly appreciate you coming on and sharing that information with us. And I hope that, you know, um, that you all will reach out to her. If you have further questions, you can follow her on Instagram or there is the program that she mentioned. Um, of course, we would love for you all to be a paid customer, but there is the other option that she mentioned. So there's an opportunity there for you guys as well. So thank you so much, Rakia. Thank you for having me and everyone that joined. Hello. <laughs> thank you guys so much for having me. All right. You have a good day. You as well. Bye. Okay, so guys, before I close out, I also want to make certain that I um, share with you all that we do have our new issue out right now, the healing issue. So you guys can check that out. Um, the issues came in over the weekend. Oh, let me stop this banner. So the issues came in over the weekend, and I will be getting these out today and tomorrow. Um, for those who have ordered, you guys can visit our website and then go to the shop tab. So if you go to swagger.net or swaggeronline.com, whichever one you like to visit, because it still takes you to the same thing, and then go to the shop tab, you are able to um, order from there. And if you don't want to read it in physical, you know, like the physical copy, you want to just maybe read the um, digital copy, we do have an option for that as well that you guys can check out. But just to kind of show y'all some of the content that we have. So we talked about um, like hair care products and how they can possibly be causing breast cancer. Um, Kim did a really great article about that. Uh, let me see what else. Um, we have Dr. Laquita who was on earlier this morning. I saw a lot of you guys on watching her. She is featured in this issue. Um, what else? We have Perle Noor, and I hope I'm saying her name correctly, but she talks about healing through seduction, um, which I thought was rather interesting when I found her. So with all of our issues, like we try to introduce you all to some new things. Um, of course, also, we try to make certain that everything is informative, but also that you're like learning of new and upcoming brands and things along the lines of that. But with this issue, we touched on a lot of things because we were talking about healing. So we talked about the, uh, intimate partner abuse, especially amongst men. Um, we talked about uh, breast cancer awareness. We talked about um, the last, we actually did a giveaway. So um, for our back cover, we gifted this to the sales organization, which is a 501c3 organization out of the Maryland area. I want to say Baltimore, just, but I don't want to be wrong. <laughs> but um, so they were gifted the back cover. And um, this organization is all about pregnancy and, and pregnancy and Pregnancy, stillborn, and infant loss. So um, you guys can learn more about there. We have some facts about the, you know, the awareness um, on this issue as well. And then I think that's everything, but it's just a lot in the issue. The issue is 60 pages long. Um, 
And if you plan to order more than three, then we ask that you contact us at advertise at swagger.net so that we can adjust that shipping for you. But I think that that is all that I want to share with you guys. So do check out the website. Of course, we have new content that we upload daily. And today, views from Swagger Tower will be premiering on the Instagram page at... I think it's 6 p.m. Central Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. So you guys can join Keisha KB Green there and her guests, and the flyer is in circulation. So once again, thanks, guys, for tuning in. Peace and blessings.